come with me into the tormented, haunted, half-lit night of the insane. This is my work. Let me lead you into it. Let me take you into the mind of a woman who is mad. Hi, and welcome to Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, a good ghoul's guide to horror. I'm your polter guide, Kinsey. I'm your polter guide, Donna. I'm your polter guide, Adrian. Polter guy Debbie was actually going to Vegas, right? Going on a flight. So it's yeah, fine. Yeah. She was going to go get married. Well, yeah. so it, it's fine. It's She'll fine. be back. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> so how is everybody? It's been a minute. Because we, we forgot. <laughs> yeah. It's all right. We, it's all right. We, we forgot to decide on the movie. You want to hear a story? Because I had surgery a couple weeks ago. And last week at about 1030, I was just i was done i was done i was exhausted i was tired and my dad started going don't you have something to do in the morning and i was like no don't you have like a podcast no <laughs> 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 I was, I, I, at this point i am definitely not watching a movie so no <laughs> but now we're here but now we are here so what we did watch was Netflix's 2021 film, Army of the Dead, directed by Zack Snyder. Let's go around. Did you like it? Had you watched it yet? All that good stuff. Um, I had not watched it. In fact, I had not watched it prior to 6 a.m. this morning. (laughs) Concession time. Um, Yeah, I hadn't seen it before, and um, I really liked it. I liked it so much. Um, I Well, we've got a whole podcast to talk about this. I really enjoyed it. Listen, did this movie make sense? No, no, not particularly. Is there any cohesive timeline going on? No, no, not at all. Um, do I give a dick about any of that? No, this movie was amazing. It was so much fun. I didn't know that I needed to see Tig Notaro playing Sid Highwind, but here we are, and I am so happy about that. Um, can we just cat like why is Tignataro not in everything? But that's a side note. Um, dude, this was great. I mean, like zombies are my favorite genre, and this movie totally reminded me why. It had heavy um Dawn of the Dead remake vibes, which is just fucking A plus perfect. Uh, I have very few, if any, things to complain about with this movie, despite the fact that it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Like Fuck yeah, no sense. Let's let's go. A thousand more seasons of this. So this was my second watch because I could not wait to watch this. I've, this has been on my radar since they announced it because it's like Snyder doing zombies again. Fuck yeah, I'm there. Um, yeah, I, I loved it. I, I had so much fun with it, you know, and yeah, it didn't make a lot of sense, but I didn't care. I didn't care. I'm, I'm, I'm going to embrace myself in this world and um, I love seeing, and I'm kind of piggybacking on this i love seeing tig and stuff now like she started showing up in star trek discovery which made my heart very happy and now seeing her this um i got a different vibe from her just so we're clear it's jack burton which i'm definitely fucking here for she was channeling that and it is fantastic to me so yeah um now for those of you who haven't watched this yet and don't know what army of the dead is about it's uh, uh, i'm just gonna stop you there because i know IMDb has got it wrong. This is a really unique reboot of the Ocean's Eleven franchise where we're doing a heist, but there's zombies. <laughs> and by the way, I counted there's 11. There's 11. Oh, that's that was a- that was the aha moment. That is great, Donna. Oh so God. Valentine's the 12th. <laughs> oh, that is fantastic um i was going to interrupt myself but i don't know if i can follow oceans 11 which i was going to say this is just aliens but with zombies and i am not mad at it at all um but i digress imdb is going to definitely disagree with us here that uh they're going to tell you uh following a zombie outbreak in las vegas a group of mercenaries take the ultimate gamble venturing into the quarantine zone to pull off the greatest heist ever attempted which, side note, this is just making it more your Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> I'm just going to jump in right at the get-go and say when this movie got me, 
which was the opening scene. When I realized that we were seeing the plot of the traditional zombie movie while the opening credits were running. So the traditional zombie movie happened in like the first five minutes. And I loved that because we spared ourselves the whole, oh, what's wrong with that guy? Is he sick? Bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I really loved that, that they just condensed a traditional movie into like three minutes and then boom, we're in the aftermath. Go. Um, For anybody who's interested, this movie has already been greenlit for more stuff including um, I'm unclear, but it talks about a prequel, possibly a prequel movie and a prequel anime. So if you enjoyed that five minutes, you, you, you there's more. Um, yeah. That opening was so good. Like man, Snyder just fucking nails his zombie movie openings every time. Uh, one of the things that I really noticed during it was how many women there were being hella fucking cool. And just I don't know. Big shout out to that. There was yeah, there was a lot of a lot of hella cool women just being badasses, and I you know mm-hmm. just I'm here for that. I'm always here for that. I'm never not here for that. If you've got that, you have me. Just so we're clear. Um, but yeah, that opening segment, the fact that you s- fast forward to getting to the aftermath, like that's that's just brilliant. Snyder nails openings and. Sp- Snyder and whoever helps him do his soundtracks, like to me, they just capture everything perfectly. The soundtrack was so good. Yeah. Like I said, just just heavy, heavy Dawn of the Dead remake vibes. And I'm so happy about it. Because even though they feel very similar, they're not the same. Like like mm-hmm. these two movies do different things, but um the energy is there and it's so good. The energy, the dark humor. Yeah, that, that you kind of sometimes need with a zombie film. You need that uh, that break. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're they are both they are both there. You know, I wonder if there's a Army of the Dead, Ar- Army of the Dead, yes, uh, Snyder cut because I was waiting for from almost the beginning. I was waiting for the sprinklers to come on or the rain to come because they made a mention of how the shamblers will get up and live when the when it rains come. And um, so almost immediately I was expecting that to happen. But when uh, Lily, was it Lily, went up and pulled the zombie arm into the gate so that the gate wouldn't latch, I was like, definitely the sprinklers are going to come on and that's going to be a problem. And I just feel like that was a really neat touch that was missed. And it makes me wonder if it actually was missed. I bet because they got greenlit for these prequels very early on. Um, I wonder if that wasn't something that they left in for the prequels. Like, like, like they left that in because they knew they were getting, and there's also a possible sequel. Like, I don't know if it's been totally greenlit yet, but there's been talk of it already. So I feel like maybe that was something that they left in just so that they can set it up for the future. Well, there is a very good chance we're about to have an outbreak in Mexico city. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, we're, yeah. By the way, we're in spoiler territory, as you know. We we get into it pretty fast here, so um, just pause if you haven't watched it yet, and then come back to us. We understand. Go watch it. It's really it's about two and a half hours. And yeah, it is kind of long. It is long, but I it's it's it not doesn't bloated to me. No, it's not, and it doesn't feel long when you're watching it. Just make sure you have time because my partner and I started watching it, and then we were like. What happened to the day? And, and 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 why do we have to stop before the end to go pick up our kid? Yeah, we I I watched this Friday night. It's you know, it's like I got my dinner, got you know, got my little notepad, you know, and immediately after I finished, I texted my brother and I was like, You need to watch this because he loves both Dawn of the Deads. He does not care. And I was like, Okay, you need to watch this right now. It's so good. I know I keep saying that, but it just is. So I was getting ready to ask who's your favorite, but then I realized I couldn't answer that question myself because I oh my God, Dieter. And I want to be Tignataro, you guys. I want to be Tignataro and um, and Vanderhoe. They're all amazing. They're all, yeah. yeah. All of Batista's team, like his his core group. When, when Tignataro didn't even ask what it was, just like, yeah, no, I'll do it. Two million, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it. 
Mm-hmm. Dude, she's so great. You know why she was in this movie, right? Or you know how she got cast? Tig Notaro being in this movie is a really interesting story. She was not originally that character. Oh, okay. Um, they originally had... Uh, do, 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 do. Chris D'Elia. Gosh, she's so hot in this. Yeah, Chris D'Elia. Yeah. Um, do you know who Chris D'Elia is? He he's in the the he. Uh, I don't think he is now. Uh, he was in the Netflix show You, uh, playing a stalker, and it turns out that uh, he's uh, that 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 TV show is maybe a little bit too close to home. He got me tooed because uh, he's a huge fucking dick. And uh, so they fucking pulled him out of the movie and spent millions to put Tignataro in in his place. She was not ever actually in the same room with any of those other actors. Wow. Um, She was digitally put into every scene that she's in. And I went into the movie knowing that. And, 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 and kind of looking to see how good it was. And a lot of people say that Tignataro never looks right. Honestly, I think they did a really good job. There's one scene where it's not good, but everything else looks good. And it's just when they're walking in to Vegas. That's the only time you can kind of tell it doesn't look, something is a little off. But everything else, just interaction, everything, man, it's, I'm with you, it's solid. It is well, solid. It is as solid as you could have fucking got that. I didn't notice it. So, um, yeah. And see, I'm, I'm like, Adrian, I, I knew that story going in. I knew, you know, how they got her and what, you know, what caused it. So I was the same way. I'm kind of watching like, okay, let me squint here. Can I tell? I could tell. And they were definitely using some particular camera tricks throughout the movie that made it easier for them to CG her in. Um, and it was like that weird, it's like a weird shot that is often used to show that something is wrong, that we're in a dream sequence or a character is drunk or being mind controlled, like something is wrong with the character's POV. And that did get on my nerves a little bit as the movie went on. But I also understand why it was used because it is, it did make it easier for them to put Tig in these scenes. It made the edges of the scenes, um, insubstantial enough that her insertion could be blurry and feel fine and also and i know this is just doing the bare fucking minimum but shout out to being garbage and having consequences and getting pulled from this and you know i know this is bare minimum but still i'm kind of i'm impressed by that and yes absolutely go go army of the dead team yes but also in the movie um what was his name? Um, Theo Rossi is the actor's name. I cannot remember the character. But like him him getting dead, oh well, him getting knocked out so early in the uh, in the sequence, you know, and then you realize that she just wanted him to come along because he's an asshole. Oh the oh the guard oh the, the security yeah. guard. I didn't know yeah. who that was. Bert Cummings is the is the character's name. Theo Rossi is the actor's name. Okay. Also another shout out to this film it does my favorite thing which is casual diversity like mm-hmm. i'm i'm you know i'm always a fan of that and that it just it's never a big deal is made it's just this is this is it yeah well and it makes sense for las vegas like your cast if you're in las vegas if you're in nevada or california or anywhere over there and your cast is entirely white i'm looking at you uh fear the walking dead um you got you got problems mm-hmm. yeah it was just there just were black people and hispanic people and women and and it, they just were there and it wasn't the thing yeah it they just they got to exist mm-hmm. <laughs> okay i just want to talk about Dieter. let's talk about my boy Dieter. He's so cute. I oh my god. So much. <laughs> he was so proud of himself when he killed that zombie. Mm-hmm. Not zombie killing material. Well, and like the friendship between him and Vanderho, uh-huh. so good. Like yes. the moment that they started clicking, I was like, yeah, I had been waiting all movie for that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes, yes, this is the this is the bromance that I apparently came to this movie for. Mm-hmm. Yep. They were just, they were, they were so good together. So sweet. And then whenever, when, when Dieter was like, well, I'm dead, guess it's time to save my best friend. And he did. 
Oh, fuck yeah. You go, Dieter. Yep, yep. Oh, he was wonderful. Dieter was such a delight and a surprise because I would have not won that friendship. I never would have saw coming. I didn't see coming as it was going because I'm like, he's going to be giving him shit the whole time. And and you already know with Vanderhoe, he's a, you know, he's got a master's degree in philosophy. So he's already, you know, a deep thinker. And then the fact that Dieter, I can't even remember what Dieter says exactly. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, that turn and that moment. It's like, all right. I also feel like when, because up until um, Dieter got to the safe, Dieter was not demonstrating any confidence in anything ever. Once they got to the safe, Dieter was demonstrating competence. And I really think that made a difference too. He was, he was suddenly worth the effort it took to get him there. And I, I think that made a difference as well. And I do like Dieter though, asking, asking Batista, I'm, I'm important. Like I'm, I'm number three, right? Like I understand the pilot's important, but I'm also, <laughs> I'm up there too, right? <laughs> you can't do this job without me. I am, I'm actually really reminded, I used to, I've kind of given it up, but I used to listen to this podcast called Writing Excuses, which was all about writing. And one thing they talked about is a way to make a character likable is make them extremely competent and then put them in a situation where their competency doesn't help them. And Dieter was a perfect example of that. Dieter is extremely competent, but up until he got to the safe, his competence helped him not at all. Zero. Well, and he's just, I don't know, he's just a delight. He's so cute. Like, he's mm-hmm. just funny and adorable. And yeah, and like, like, and he and Vanderhoe are such a good pairing because Vanderhoe is not a delight. Vanderhoe is, one, incredibly fucking hot. Like, where Dieter is Ooh. adorable, Vanderhoe is fucking hot. He is and so Yeah. And um, he is so competent in what he's doing. Like, this is his element. He is unflappable and very cool. Like, holy fuck, he's cool. If I could have one-tenth of that coolness throughout my day, I would be set. Um, And so, and and Dieter's not cool at all in the least. He has zero chill. Um, He is an awkward kitten. Until he got to the safe. Remember when uh, uh, Dave Batista's character, Scott Ward, showed up and interrupted him and he turned around and he laid down the law. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even then, though, I don't know if he was cool. He was very competent, but he was still like obsessive and weird. Okay. Okay. I will grant you maybe not cool, but he did take. (laughs) He was competent. He was. Yeah. He was like, you are in my area now and you're going to sit over there and you're going to be quiet. Yeah. Uh, And and at that point, Vanderhoe was like, shut the fuck up. He needs to work. Um, But no, to get like, I just love the two of them together so much. They're Mm -hmm. so perfect together. Um, It reminds me of like uh, the behind Stranger Things or whatever the the after Netflix show was. They were talking about setting up the pairings and just being like, all right, what's the who's going to be funny against who shouldn't be together. That's who we're going to put together this season. And that's how, that's how uh, Dieter and Vanderhoe feel is just like, who shouldn't, who should we not be pairing up the two of them? Let's do it. And it's so perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. They were the, they were possibly the most unlikely pairing. And And I would also say one of the best parts of this movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, how long have we spent talking about Dieter and Vanderhoe? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's I think in a in a typical zombie movie, in a typical movie, um, I don't know that that much attention would have been given to this relationship. Uh, but the fact that it did is definitely a contributing factor to why I don't care about some of the flaws of this movie. Mm-hmm. Well, in the attention, it was one with Vanderhoe. Everything you needed to know, you learned in that first three minutes about him. Like that's, you knew who he was. Dieter was kind of like a flower that opened up that you learned a little bit here, a little bit there. And you guys are absolutely right. When he got to the safe, that is when his skill set really showed. And I also think that's the moment Batista started really respecting him. Like when he basically was like, no, shut the fuck up. Let me do this. I mean, is anyone going to really ever say that to Batista? And I don't, and, I, and Batista knows that exactly. 
so I think that uh that also helped but yeah their rela- their relationship was so just a natural progression like even him showing him how to shoot a gun before everything mm-hmm. they had yeah. great chemistry like there's a huge absence of really good friendships in movies i was gonna say male friendships which is also true but friendships in general just don't happen very really good solid healthy friendships don't happen very often in in media and this was such a good one yeah it really was um well i tell you what i actually have two things bothered me about this movie and i i know we're definitely going to talk about one of them later so i'm just going to mention it real briefly um but the other one I'm kind of amused about because we got to the end and I was like, come on, really? After we had so much great diversity, we get to the end and only the white people live. And then Vanderhoe emerged. And I was like, oh, yes, you did it. You did it. And I actually scratched out my note on the piece of paper. I was like, yes, yes. And then kind of. Yeah. He's bitten. That's one of the things that this movie does what most zombie movies do, which is you. by the end of it, you have very little cast left. And um, that's always such like, I hate it because <laughs> the zombie movies that are good, like this one, like Dawn of the Dead, um, uh, Zombieland. Sorry, I glitched because I was trying to think of the title. Um, you, you, They do such a fantastic job of characterizing these people and making you fall in love with them that you get to the end and you don't want them to die. It's one of the things that made Zombieland such a nail-biting experience at the end of it because I was like, this movie has been so funny and now everybody's going to be gone. Um, Anna and the Apocalypse is really good at that too, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, but so, yeah, like, I feel like there are a lot of horror movies that don't care about their characters they care about giving cool deaths. Um, and I don't like those. <laughs> uh, I hate those. This, And that's one of the reasons that I, I do like zombie movies because often zombie movies don't do that. Often zombie movies are like, no, we want you to care here. And um, and this one's so successful at it. Um, like it's so good at giving, at telling you who these characters are and what, he, like, what you can expect and want from them. Um, I even somehow managed to feel a little bit bad for Burt Cummings, porn stash. Oh, the guard. The guard. I even managed to feel like I hated him. But when he was scared and begging, I was still like, oh, fuck. Yeah, that was rough. Yeah. And since I've only ever seen that actor be really cool and really tough. I mean, I haven't seen him in that many things, but the things I've seen him in, he has been cool and he has been tough. And watching him on the ground begging was like, wow, wow. I'm, I'm looking at a picture of him right now. And I did not realize that that character, that that man was so attractive playing this character. He did a really great job. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's hot. He's, he's very and, hot. And, and Luke Cage, he made me have feelings. <laughs> no, no, I think all of Luke Cage made you have feelings. And that's okay. That's okay. I'm not. I'm. It's true. <laughs> Coffee. Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> That's Luke Cage for you. See, and I don't know him. I just know him from this. So it's like, well, he's kind of garbage. So yep. when Lily Lily tells why he's garbage, you, I mean, you knew that anyway, but it's like, now I've got it uh, confirmed. I yep. see what you mean by shades, by the way. I see. Mm-hmm. Uh, can we talk about the YouTubers? Yes. yes. So I love them because they didn't make them suck. Like they're adrenaline junkies and they're definitely thrill seekers, but they were super good at their job. They were so good at their job that when one of them gets set up to fucking fail, she almost doesn't. I loved that so much. Like, cause when, Oh man, when we were watching it the first time was like, Oh, that sucks, man. She just, she didn't make it. Then all of a sudden when she crashes through that window, I'm like, Oh hell yeah. Mm hmm. She was so close. That was one of the scenes where I was like, what the fuck is happening? Like, why are they not following each other? Why are they going one at a time? Apparently fucking minutes apart since they can't see each other. 
at all. I don't understand what's happening in this scene. And that's fine. It's cool. Let's go on for this ride. It's fine. This is great. This is fun. Now, that scene, though, was like super tense, like them yeah. going through when the, the hibernating shamblers, I guess, if you will. Mm -hmm. That was that was tense. Like, yep. it was. I still don't understand why it needed to happen that way. And I'll definitely be mad about it for a while since she died. But also, it's still a great scene to watch. Mm -hmm. And I really, I honestly did not care or even realize that it didn't make sense until she was in peril. And then I was like, wait, no, why is she in danger right now? <laughs> like, I don't want her to be in danger. And I'm realizing because I don't want her to be in danger that there's no reason for her to be in danger. Well, the reason she was in danger was because she was on to what's his name. Well, right. But if they had just been following, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. If they had just been following each other in any way that made sense, she never would have been able to be put in danger. I think, I think what's his name, let everybody else think she was okay. And, and that's why, you know, nobody was close enough to help her. Um, but that, that, why weren't they close to each other? Why did they need to go through these hibernating zombies in such a way that they were not close to each other? That's what confuses me. I understand why they had to be quiet because they can't, if they make a noise, the zombies will wake up. But why? This isn't like they're walking across a brittle bridge that could fall apart at any moment. They don't need to do this one at a time, do they? Well, I think so, maybe was so because it, I think some of it maybe because there were like they had the bulky gas cans. I'm not, by the way, defending this. I think that may be the weird movie logic why they had to be so far spaced out. Uh, but that makes even less sense because then if the bulky ca gas cans do cause them to jostle a zombie or something, then the path is no longer valid. So like setting these things down so that people can fall, like setting the glow sticks on the ground so that people can follow them is, is still not going to work in that situation. I just don't understand the situation. I don't understand why they had to separate essentially. And I wish that they had either explained that to me. Um, I would, that's it. There's no, there's no either there. That's, that's the end of it because the situation doesn't make any sense to me, but I like it and I want to keep it. I just want to know why. Okay. Fair All right. So, well, I know we're going to talk about her later, but uh, just a broad statement. Did anyone else get a lot of Left for Dead vibes from this movie as well? Yeah. Yeah. He heavy. The whole time, like, I don't know. The whole time I was watching this movie, I just kept picturing Ellis's hands because Ellis was the one I always played in Left for Dead 2. And just, yeah, it, it was... Ah. I don't even know why exactly. Like I've played a lot of other zombie games, but this one was just particularly left for dead. Yeah. It just, you know, I think it, there was just a lot of stuff with it. I'm like, Oh, this feels left for dead. Like, actually, I think I just figured out why. And a lot of it has to do with the zombies because left for dead had the very specific kind of zombies, like the witch and the, the boomers and all of that. And yeah. this one seemed to be playing on that a lot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah that makes sense. Lines. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, Which I love, by the way. Like, that's one of the things I loved about Left 4 Dead is I was like, I want to know more about the, like, how did this happen? The lore. Yeah. And maybe they explained that in Left 4 Dead 1, which I didn't play much of. I got in on it too. I played it, but I don't remember a lot of explanation. It's just like, nope, there's a witch, there's boomers, there's this, this is. The main thing I remember was that my friends eventually declared I was not allowed to use a shotgun anymore. Oh, we declared that about about Jay too. <laughs> she, we were like, you know what? We'll 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 take the friendly fire, but you can't have the shotgun anymore. I just I, there was one there was one attack where I wiped out my entire team in approximately one and a half seconds. Wow, that's amazing. Something moved to my right. I turned around and fired. I moved again, turned around and fired. Boom, everyone was down. And they were like, no more shotgun. <laughs> and I couldn't argue. Fair, fair, fair. So. I love that game. I'm, I should. It's such a good game. It yeah. is. We should play it. Yeah. I'm very bad at it. Like, oh, I'm saying same. we denied we denied Jay the shotgun, but like, it's a first person game. So it makes me nauseous, but I fucking play it anyway. So Jay and I will, will not have the shotgun. And, uh, Anyway, uh, do you want to take us to your vet corner with the animals? 
Sure. Yeah. I actually, I'm always really concerned when zombie movies have zombie animals, because that means the ecosystem. Okay. If you've got zombie animals, this is into the world scenario. Okay. Uh, But that's kind of beside the point because they managed to contain it to Vegas. Great. Uh, ecosystem remains intact. Valentine is one of my favorite things about this movie. The 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 zombie tiger favorite. I love Valentine. The amazing. Horse, the horse though. The horse was making a lot of noises that require soft tissue that the horse didn't have. Shut the fuck up, Donna. <laughs> I was asked to discuss science. I'm discussing science. You have to have <laughs> lips to make those noises. And that horse did not have lips. The horse was being ridden by a magical zombie mage. <laughs> the horse can make whatever fucking noises it wants to make. The dude had a fucking cape and a staff. Oh my, like, oh my Dungeons and Dragons. It was so good. I want to know where it got the mask. Where did the zombie king get the mask? The Teflon mask? Because granted, they're smarter than your average zombie. He probably fucking made it, Donna, because the military went in there. So he probably took one of those helmets and fashioned it in some way. He had a cape. Dude had fashion sense. He's doing (laughs) crafts. Like, fuck yeah, this, this zombie lord is... Honestly, probably more productive than I am. He is living his best on life right now. Well, not now. <laughs> not anymore. He was. He was. He was. He had it all. Like, man, the way that this movie even characterized the zombies. Fuck, I love this movie. <laughs> I, have a, I have an opinion question for you. This isn't our official poll question. But did Lily have to die? I feel like Lily could have gotten on that helicopter and then said, here you go. Sir King Zombie, here is your bride's head. I feel like Lily could have lived. I think Lily could have lived, but I also think Lily didn't think she could live because she talked about, she mentioned, I'm trying to make things right. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think there was some guilt, whatever it was, you know. Also, she helped fuck things up harder. Mm -hmm. And I think that she, like, I think in, when she, when she talks about her past and leaving people behind and stuff, I think she feels guilty about that. But mm-hmm. in this one, I think that she made some of these bad decisions knowing they were bad. And then throughout the course of the movie was like, shit, I suck. <laughs> I think yeah. she, yeah, she realized it uh, when she swapped the heads. Mm-hmm. Was like, oh, I have, I have fucked some shit up and I've got to somehow make this right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think she she expressed uh, regret about leaving people behind. I don't. I, she was great though. Mm-hmm. I I loved the way she just flirted with um, Cummings. She flirted with Cummings to get his trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Like she was gloriously duplicitous. Um, you know, usually whenever you see a character like that, it's like obvious that they're lying. Mm-hmm. Like like the director or somebody doesn't want to accidentally fool the audience. They have to telegraph like, no, look, this character is telling an untruth and all these people are just stupid enough to believe it. But um, they let her be a good liar. And speaking of lying, I'm sorry, I'm going to change the subject. No, go for it. Let me pause. Okay, cool. How about that 30 or 45 minute span of time when everybody lied to everybody about everything? Yeah, the helicopter's (laughs) great. (laughs) get on up here we're ready to go (laughs) i think ward knew though that peters was full of shit about the helicopter and was just like okay this is just blowing off steam yeah you know i think that he did know that that peters was full of shit because i feel like that's just i feel like she never admits when something isn't going to plan um like i said she's playing sid highwind here so um it's fine. It's fine. That, that I love it. <laughs> Sid, I like that you see Sid and I see Jack Burton because Jack Burton, nothing ever goes to plan, but he plays it up like, yeah, this is exactly how I wanted it. I mean, that's basically what Sid does in most of the Final Fantasy games. People are like, or it, it's either like, no, this is exactly what I wanted to happen. Or it's like, motherfucker, except I can't say this in a video game with this rating. So you just get a whole bunch of symbols. Yeah. 
But yeah, no, you're right. Everyone did. There's a whole span of everyone lying to everyone. Except except Dieter. Yeah. I think Dieter's the only one who's completely honest <laughs> through the entire movie. Dieter didn't know that that was part of the game. <laughs> the plan was the lying. They left that out from, from Dieter. <laughs> he didn't get the memo. He did not. Oh, wait, everyone else is lying? We can lie? <laughs> I, oh, oh, well. <laughs> I feel like Dieter still wouldn't, though, because you can't solve a puzzle if part of it is a lie. No, that's true. All right, what else do we have? Um, I think this is one of those good movies, and therefore we don't say much about it. Um, it was so cool. It was... <laughs> It was so cool. Oh, and my God, God, you guys, did you know Dave Bautista could act? Uh, I mean, a little. I've, I think I've only <laughs> seen him act in Guardians of the Galaxy, and I assumed that he was playing such a deadpan character because that was the most Dave Bautista could summon up. Um, but nope. he can act. Yeah. I've seen surprisingly quite a bit of Dave Bautista's uh, acting catalog. I just realized this as we're sitting here talking. And I knew he could do it if he's given the material like he's in Blade Runner 2049 and it's not Wait, he is. Yeah. He's at the beginning with Gosling when he shows up to the house. Like oh. he, it's, it's not a huge part, but I mean, it's, it's kind of meaty with what they're talking about. Yeah. And he, he, he pulls it off. And of course he does comedy. Like um, he did Stuber with uh, Kamel Najani, which was, actually pretty funny so i really need to see that um of course camille's hilarious anyway so but yeah no he's he's very surprising for his uh acting ability and i'm and i like that Mm -hmm. yeah i was uh i was i I, there was a definite point when i was like dave (laughs) Dave, look at you emoting and shit (laughs) damn it donna that broke me. <laughs> this, but but yeah, so like um, this movie is just. I mean, the fucking. I don't know. I already said this, but the zombie in a cape on a horse with a staff, the zombie tiger, the the fact that the zombie queen was like she had a fucking crown. She was literally a showgirl. Like, of course she's the queen. What else could she be in that outfit? But it is such a painfully cool movie and like i feel like it would be easy to make this movie less good because you're trying to be that cool and like somehow a little bit self-conscious i don't know i don't like i've seen movies try to be this cool and fail at it and this movie is just so unapologetically like fuck it we're doing it that it comes off so well well especially like even in the the random shots where you see that some of the zombies are also robots, like we don't get an answer for that, which apparently the prequels are going to explain. And I'm here for that. Wait, what? Oh, yes. You didn't notice it? Yeah, there's a couple shots where um, when they, they, they killed the zombie, like you see blue eyes. You can see it's a oh, I didn't. Okay, I didn't think it was robot stuff. So at first, the blue stuff, we should talk about the blue yeah. stuff. At first, I thought it was... Um, like a weird design choice they were making since they were in Vegas and it was like neon lights reflecting on viscera strangely. Um, But then I started noticing it more in places where there shouldn't be any reflection of that color. And when the baby, the zombie baby is pulled out of the womb, it's all that glowing blue. I think that blue shit is the thing that makes them zombies. And I think that the smarter the zombie is, the more of the blue shit they got. I'll sign off on that. Yeah, I didn't see anything that said robot to me. Oh, no, there's there's two shots and they're toward the end. Uh, one of them is when they're trying to escape after getting the safe and they shoot pretty close range. You see metal. You see metal on the face, metal. Um, you do see the blue stuff like we were talking about. And then there's another shot. Uh, a little bit later, once they've gotten out of the safe and they're running, and I think it's Batista when he shoots another one in the face, you see it. Okay. And apparently it is something that will will be explained in the the prequels. Okay. Hmm. Gosh, how many times have I fucking said that sentence? Anyway, sorry, Star Wars. 
Well, hopefully this one won't lie to us. Just don't lie. That's all. That's all we ask. All right. Do we have anything else? No, let's uh, let's go do it. All right. Well, I have our quote, which is somewhere between leaving your ass and saving my own. I developed a conscience. Conscience. It's exhausting. Said by Sid Highwind. Yeah. A.K.A. Jack Burton. Uh, (laughs) A.K.A. Tig Notaro playing Marianne Peters. (laughs) Just Tig being a delight. That's all. I fucking Um, love Tig Notaro. Oh, my God. She's so amazing. She's great. I really like her. All right. And our rule you both have. Um, The rule is don't lie to each other. And stick to the plan. Don't lie to each other and stick to the plan. Because when they had a plan, they were good. And every time they broke off from the plan, you could see where it was like, no, if you'd done your plan, you'd be fine. Mm-hmm. And by the way, just like five minutes ago, I realized, yeah, it is just like aliens because that guy went in there to get the sample. Mm-hmm. The bring fa- it out. And, and Batista's daughter has a shirt on. Yes, I know it is Las Vegas quarantine camp, but the initials are LVQC. Throw a fucking what? number in there. Yes, I know it's Las Vegas quarantine camp, but come on, LV. Oh my god! The helicopter bit is <laughs> is aliens. That's leaves amazing. and comes back. That that had to be on purpose. That, oh, had, there's too yeah. many things. Yeah, that had to be on purpose. The the one girl that we were talking about earlier, and I hate that I don't remember her name. She looked like Vasquez with the bandana, except longer hair. Come on, I see the you. YouTuber. Yes, I see you, and I'm here for it. But I see you. Okay, I'm a believer. <laughs> All right. And our poll question. Zombie baby, what the fuck? That screeching sound you hear is me pulling over my soapbox and uh, climbing up on it. Uh-oh. Oh, Uh-oh. Here we go. Um, I was, I, that was the one point the movie lost um, because I thought the the zombie king and the zombie queen were cool. I loved that. I was so into this idea that they loved each other, that he clearly loved her. I was into that. And when he reacted, when she was, well, not killed, she wasn't killed. When he reacted to her being killed, I was like, he loves her. And then he goes out and he gets her body and he brings it back and he lays it out on a dais. And then we find out, oh, no, she's an incubator. That's that's what it is. She's an incubator. Uh, and I was really, really annoyed about that. And that's above and beyond whether zombies can have babies. I was just really annoyed by them taking this really interesting love and turning it into, oh, baby. There. I'm off the soapbox. I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying, but I disagree with you. That's fine. Go ahead. Please because because when Lily has her head at the end and he still reacts, he's like, I, I think he did love her. I think he also loved the idea of having a kid. Like I think that like like this was gonna be a zombie family, and I find that infinitely interesting like i think that he truly cared about both her and the baby okay it did definitely redeem itself a little bit when he clearly cared about the head go kenzie okay no i'm definitely on you know team adrian with that because if she was just an incubator he would have bitten one of the another one and Mm -hmm. and just there would there would have been more than one if he if it was just an incubator situation the fact that it is her and uh, like we said with Lily, him reacting when the head is dro- when her head is dropped, he is he is upset. He is it is a zombie nuclear family kind of situation going on, and I kind of I want to see it. I want to see what happens. So, do you think that she was pregnant by him, or do you think she was pregnant when she died? I want to know that the answer to that question too, because. Um, they're both really interesting in different ways. If she's pregnant when she died, then what they're excited about is that the fetus came back to life, right? And that's that's interesting. It wouldn't be the first time that that story has been told. I mean, even Zack Snyder even did that in Dawn of the Dead. But if 
if, if she was pregnant before and the movie is telling us this fetus came back to life and is now vi- like is can now grow and be viable that's an interesting zombie story and i want to know if that's what's going on but also if the zombies manage to knock each other up that's also hella interesting <laughs> and scary yeah um because then it also calls into question like what are the zombies like i get that there's some fucking magic going on here right like it's got to be magic because science doesn't make sense at this point exactly just to take a quick left turn again into science corner anytime you've got zombies it it always comes up to there's got to be magic going on here To, to use probably the best known example walking dead there is a zombie that is clearly um, been around for a while that has guts trailing out, which means it's getting no nutrition from what it's eating. Okay, there's no with 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 your guts hanging out of your belly, your your guts aren't working. So it's eating. Are you sure? Very. <laughs> I'm very sure. <laughs> so there's clearly some magic, some force uh, above nature that is is powering zombies in any reality. Um, but at the same time, I, I got into a lengthy argument with a friend of mine. I was critiquing their book, which had zombies in it. And he was wanting to impress upon us the power of this magic by telling us about an ogre, I think it was, with a broken leg who was still walking. And he described bones sticking out of the leg. And his idea was, well, the zombie's not feeling any pain, so it doesn't care that its leg is broken. And I'm well, there's like, no okay, structure there. Physics. Physics is a thing. Our joints are levers. Okay. Yeah. Our joints are fulcrums on, on, and so if that bone is broken, the leg isn't going to work. He can't walk on it. I don't care how much pain he is or is not feeling. He can't walk on it because it's not going to work. Yeah. Science and zombies don't mix. I'm back out of science court. I'm willing to suspend my disbelief and let it be science on some things. Science fiction. I'm willing to let it be science fiction. But when you start getting and like I'll I'll grant that maybe this blue stuff is some sort of like chemical compound that's doing this. But when you get into the fact that zombies are dead and then you tell me that these zombies somehow I'll even buy. Sorry, I'm thinking about this as I'm saying it out loud. I will even buy that that zombie dude had some sperm inside him that maybe didn't die. Right. So these two zombies fuck and have zombie sex. Mm, Dead alive flashbacks here. Moving on. Um, The woman's eggs would not fucking survive that. There's no way. No way at all. And so that's where the science really breaks. Like, that's where I can't really do science fiction and still have these be zombies. You're rotting. You're rotten. Decay has happened. And... I don't think that there's a way to come back from like, I like you could argue that somehow the science is regenerating this or something, but I have trouble with that. And I would just rather it be magic. Well, that's the thing. If their wounds were healing, then I would accept that there yeah. was some sort of regenerative magic going on or regenerative something going on, but their wounds aren't healing. You know? Yeah, so exactly. There is no regenerative process happening. Yeah. And I can explain that away with magic because magic is what's fuck ever. You do what you want. I'm not going to tell you that your magic has to have rules because it's fucking magic. And if it had rules, it would just be science. Um. But there is something going on and we'll go magic because uh, Zombie King, his hair grows. When you first first see him, you know, he's got the military haircut, all of all that jazz. And then when we see Super Mage, he's he's got long hair like there's mm-hmm. there's something going on whatever that's, that's a decision that they definitely had to make yeah mm-hmm. because most of the other zombies would be still how they were when they returned like he clearly is not and i would even say uh when we first see her that zombie that's with her is that soldier that was bit his hair is also growing Mm-hmm. yeah that's that's exactly what i thought too and then i was like am i wrong like I, I apparently a lot of my ability to recognize people is tied up in the shape of their hair um so i had a moment where i was like is that who i think it is because i thought it was but the hair is very different and now i'm confused put a beard on a man and he might as well be a different person <laughs> <laughs> i will never recognize i i realized this when i worked at the library that 
I depend heavily on the shape of the hair and the color of the shirt. If it's somebody that I've never met before and don't particularly expect to have a lot of interactions with, because one day I needed to help somebody and they had they like these two women were both wearing pink shirts and their hair was the same shape. And I was like, fuck, I don't know which one needed assistance. Oh no. School trips when all the kids would come in wearing like the same school t-shirt. Fuck me. I don't know. I can't tell any of them apart. <laughs> all right. Do we have anything else before we close the book on army of the dead? Dude, just go watch this movie. It's so great. It's so good. It is. It's got problems. It doesn't matter. It's got small problems, little problems. No, they're huge. They're fucking huge. They are big fucking plot problems. Huge fucking issues. And the fact that you say they're small and that I don't care says a lot about how good this movie is. I agree. I will accept. Also, mainly just go watch it for Tig. Just to. She's so so great. great. This, this, I'm sorry. I know we're trying to wrap up, but the scene, of course, it's it's a it's a uh, it's a it's not real. It's like a foreshadow of what's going to happen. But where she's fueling up the helicopter with a cigar in her mouth is just she's fucking Sid. She's Sid. Yeah. <laughs> Specifically, Final Fantasy VII Sid. Yeah. You can really pick any of them, but that one mostly. Final Fantasy fourteen Sid would not smoke a cigar. Well, Final uh, Fantasy fourteen Sid is a watered down version of Sid, and they should be sorry for that. Okay, I'm just saying he Hot wouldn't take, smoke unpopular a cigar opinion. while fueling a helicopter. That, that's it's it. true. I love Final Fantasy fourteen. They could have fucking done better on Sid. On this episode of Final Fantasy fourteen, <laughs> <laughs> he does wear the hell out of that little white t-shirt. It's a nice t-shirt. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> so um, <clears throat> All right. Well, thank you all for listening. We do appreciate your support. You can find us on all the social media as well as our webpage, but we're on Twitter and Instagram at Beyond Cabin. We've got a webpage, beyondthecabinintheWoods.com. Facebook page, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram as at Callista77. Oh, I'm on uh, Twitter and Instagram as at Dragon Goblin with no I at the end of Goblin. I am on Twitter as junkyard poet uh i'm also on tiktok but i only have one video up right now and it's not relevant to this so whatever <laughs> but we have great plans of we do establishing a presence on tiktok someday someday when i get around yeah cro- fingers crossed i'm working on it i'm re- doing a lot of research for what's going to be like fucking 20 seconds i don't know <laughs> and as always thank you billy for making it sound awesome thank you billy Bye, everybody. Bye. Don't read the Latin. Do you know what horror is? Gumby Cat Productions. Podcasts for podcast people. Meow. Meow.